0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Asides, the Calshakes podcast. I'm here with Lana Russell, the assistant director of Macbeth, directed by Victor Milana Maog.
1: Hi, Lana. Hello. Tell us a bit about yourself. I'm from the Bay Area originally. I uh, moved to New York about a decade ago. I guess this would be, it would be my nine-year reunion in New York in two days. And since most of New York doesn't know that I even moved, um, we can all just celebrate it together. Um, And I'm a director, producer, teaching artist, and uh, I have been on many adventures uh, throughout my own personal theatrical journey um, and uh, across parts of the country and, and New York. And I'm doing a little test right now. Uh, before a gig in a few months to see what it might be like to come back and be an artist and an advocate and a member of uh, this Bay Area community again. So Wonderful.
0: And what is your background with Macbeth? Have you worked on it before? Is this your first
1: production? I am a huge Shakespeare buff. Um, I was here last year assisting Eric on, on War of the Roses. Um, but Macbeth is actually the show I have seen the most amount of times um, in many different languages. I've seen in Greek and Italian, which is really random. Um, but every like country or place I go to, Macbeth seems to be following me and um, playing. And uh, I was also in Macbeth, which I keep telling everybody, in college, the last time I acted, I played Lady Macduff was a really violent murder I got really bruised up because you know we didn't have Dave here to show us how to fight fight appropriately (laughs) so don't do that Um, but um, yeah so it's and it's honestly a play that I have really wanted to be a part of um, and take on in a directorial capacity for a long time and over the course of our rehearsal period, I had pitched a few plays to uh, Gettysburg College, which is in Pennsylvania, historical Gettysburg. Um, I have taught and directed for them before. And so out of all my pitches, they picked Macbeth. So I'm actually going to be directing Macbeth uh, in March uh, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania.
0: What, what do you think it is about this story that, that people keep coming back to?
1: You know, I think I saw a trend uh, in, in at least even the past couple of years and in myself, um, these Shakespeare plays definitely reflect the life that we're going through always. And in the past few years, you know, here with War of the Roses, a few years ago when I was doing, you know, these really battle-driven uh, war plays um, about family lines and the crown and power, and a lot of that is a lot of, like, physical uh, violence and land and territory, and it seems to be right now. Macbeth is a play really about, and not that they all aren't about humanity, but it really is about the human. It is about the monstrosity, as as Victor would call it, um, within the actual person, within your psyche, the ambition that's tugged deep down within your own soul. Not necessarily a historical line or what everything else that's going on, but it's actually evaluating the self who you are underneath it all um, and and less about we can say I think especially in our time and in any time but you can we can say oh this person is is a bad person this person would do that those people over there would do that and, and there's a lot of the blame game uh, going on and Macbeth really forces us to uh, ex- not only examine other people but examine ourselves
0: and I should also say we are, we're weirdly asking you also to speak a bit for victor because he's not in the room right now he has a fresh brand spanking new baby um that was born our first was it the first day of tech
1: it was the day before tech
0: the day before tech so um so victor's not here so we are asking lana to speak a bit for him but also from her own perspective so with that can you talk a bit about the choices that were made for this production in particular um, that folks coming to the Bruns have seen or will see this week?
1: First of all, I think with uh, with the set costumes, a lot of those thematic choices, I'm pretty sure we settled on our time and place being uh, mythical or mythological, mythical, sorry, Victor, uh, (laughs) Scotland. And, you know, to me, I always read that as having a timelessness. So you'll see in the costumes, you'll see nod to something historical or nod to Scotland or nod to something that feels maybe uh, recognizably Shakespearean to you mixed with something very present and and contemporary and of the now. And the set... (laughs) When when Victor first reached out to me about working on this play, I think he said in his email, everybody's in a, a glass cage. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that has kind of transformed into this metal, and it's not glass, it's actually plexi, box that now has more weaving entrance and exits out of it for our own ease. And then the set really becomes its own character in the play. And it is its own obstacle, both physically, you'll see actors interacting with it, um, and it's it's an obstacle that they really can use and push up against to create the tension or to help themselves feel compressed or boxed in and um, what it means to feel trapped inside the box and then what it means to break out of it for anyone who ever does get the chance to do that or yearns or, or wishes to be able to do so. And uh, the set gets interacted with in various ways with blood and weather, and it, it, it live responds to us. I'm sure everyone's heard our stories of first previews completely fogged up. Um, and, you know, that kind of seems like just such a Macbethian thing. Like the weather can take over, the blood can take over, the people can take over. Um, because, and it really ends up becoming Macbeth's mind is something to to look for in that set and then the witches I feel very close to my heart because uh, I I felt like I got was allowed and and welcomed by Victor to collaborate a lot on on them and I think the casting first and foremost and the breakdown uh of this particular cutting and adaptation that uh, Philippa and Victor did I looked at it and the first thing I said every everyone's a witch. And um, everybody plays a witch at a certain time, and over the rehearsal process, if someone randomly didn't, we found a a way to make it so that they would be. And so that it is this feeling of these witches are kind of this omnipresent force, Um, and for us, something that we talked about in the rehearsal room that we all stuck with us um, about being very of the blood and soil. You know, they're right there from the top of the show as a part of coming out of a battle, coming out of a war. And uh, in this play, I've been I've been saying this to uh, the high schoolers on the student matinees who have been coming to visit as I've been doing teaching artist stuff with them. I was like, look out for those witches because they're going to be in places that even if you know this play, uh, they're going to be in places that you don't necessarily expect them to be And they have um, even more meaning, which I think is something I've always wanted to see in a production of Macbeth because they are such a powerful, strong force Um, and they they have much more power power in this particular production than just being spooky or or weird or, you know, an old hag. They have a lot of power of life and, and death and cycles of violence and what that represents so you'll see a lot of interesting things with the witches there
0: something that struck me watching the show was how interesting it was that it, it did seem like these witches like came up out of the blood and soil of war and then like escorted the death off the battlefield the dead off the battlefield which reminded me a bit of the morrigan or other myths like that um and so I'm wondering if you can walk us through a little bit about, like, what the process was of talking about the the witches and how they, how they all showed up in all of these strange and wonderful places that
1: aren't where they usually are. Yeah, I think one of the most fun and exciting parts of any production of Macbeth is what people are going to do with the witches and how they're going to handle them and what they mean and what their significance is. And Victor had a lot of ideas about the witches and and then welcomed me into my ideas about the witches, which was really, really thrilling. And then, you know, the third part of that is I feel like Victor really spearheads a very collaborative room, and I do that in my own practice as well, which I think is why that melded so positively. And had a really in-depth conversation with the actors. I think it might have been Kat um, who had actually done some Celtic research. And I, I, believe, it was, I believe it was her that, that actually had said the words to us like blood and soil. And then that even changed a, a costume conversation literally the next day about the fact that they have different amounts of blood on their veils as they progress through the play. Uh, depending on when they show up and how dry that blood is so perhaps how long they have been holding this weight of this blood and this death or how light and bright and fresh that it is and um, they I did a lot of research and and I had done a lot of research in my thesis in grad school on traditions around mourning uh, mourning and and grief and I taught it to Victor and and Victor said that's great let's use it let's use anyone's random skills so they became these mourners and they're obviously in the scenes that they're already in, right? And then uh, we had a thought and an idea of, you know, what if they showed up every time uh, that someone is passing on or that that someone is dying, uh, whether that's a murder or a battle. And so we were playing around, you know, it's it's a puzzle, right? Because who can do it? Who can get off stage and have enough time to get a veil on and get on stage and get off, Right but then it's what then it was this language that the actors really kept us honest about saying you know what are what are we doing what are we you know we can't just and they're right it, it wouldn't make sense for them to just sort of like stand there looking spooky right and so it was we had a lot of conversations around what it means to be a regular witch or a resurrection witch as we call it um I think and those are what those moments kind of ended up becoming out of just an idea that we wanted to make them more of a present character and then I think it was just in rehearsal one day the question came about you know, how are we getting these dead bodies off stage? Because we have this steel cage with a steel grid on the ground in blood and in daylight. It's very hot and, you know, nobody likes to see people struggle dragging a full-size human body off stage that we know is not really dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the sake of theatricality, we came up with this idea that the witches would sort of kind of rise people from the dead and usher them into the afterlife or whatever that is and i think it was even another stage into tech where not only did it become just a thing of necessity that we needed to do but we had we got in a really deep conversation about you know what it means to be guided by this witch and kind of how graceful uh that that it was really real real moment of grace um even even with its darkness and and horror and and all of that that it became this almost slightly gentle um moment uh so they really they've they've bridged into many different vehicles and and uses in this play both by necessity creativity and then what kind of things transform when you get artists and tech and actors all in a room with their own research and experience and our own research and experience and come up with something together so
0: Okay, so so then you had this amazing experience during tech of Victor needed to go. He needed to go be with his wife. They were having a baby. You and Eric had to get the first part of tech up, up and going. And you two have worked together before on the War of the Roses. Um, so I'd just love to hear more about the your experience with Eric last year, how you got into the War of the Roses, but also like what this tech experience was like, and how how it was sort of colored by this. I feel like this whole year has been uh, Calshakes adjusts to Acts of God <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, between atmospheric rivers and um, <laughs> wonderful babies born, uh, not you know not on our schedule, on their schedule, and not just Victor's other other babies in the Shakes family. Um, and uh, possibly this week some power outages if, if things don't go the way we want, thanks to fires. And um, so tell us a bit about the tech process and, and um, your work with Eric. Tech, for those that don't know it, is the first time that lights, costumes, sound, all of the technical elements of the show are incorporated into the acting. So the actors have gotten three and a half weeks of rehearsal where they're learning their lines and they're figuring out where they're going to stand and what they're going to do. And then you have to add this whole other layer. And those rehearsals are really about everybody backstage being able to rehearse their part of the show. And the actors are continuing their rehearsals, but they're, they're an added element of the whole tech rehearsal. So, these decisions are huge to make and uh, really affect the finished piece.
1: On the on the list of you know, I like this. Cal shakes adjusts. That should be <laughs> just be the one of the other like season mottos up on the website. Um, in the list of things that you sort of anticipate and don't anticipate in the world of theater magic, it's it's a very strange experience for me. Sort of one year later, you know, a year ago, I thought I'll give the Barry a try. I'll come out here. I had met. Eric through mutual friends and 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 theater folks and I had worked on War of the Roses more than any other Shakespeare play I did a 200 page paper on it in grad school I also directed my own adaptation of it so I was I was really ready to go at the point of of coming here and and Eric is an incredibly brilliant leader and he saw that I knew so much about these plays and you know told me come on in let's do this and so, so last year, you know, was not Cal Shake suggests quite as much. We had a much more straightforward uh, process. And for those of you who don't know, you know, the assistant director role can shift really greatly depending on the project, depending on the director, and depending on the company. And so sometimes it's very much just supporting, you know, that person's vision, and you know, things go straightforward, and you know what you're tasks are each day and sometimes you're taking your own notes sometimes you're taking their notes and you're jumping into things when needed and we we definitely had a great flow of that last year and and then this year when this came about I think through similar and and other friends um, I got reached out to with the explanation that uh, Victor and his wife were going to be having their baby at some point in the process I think the due date was preview two. So for some reason, myself most of all, I just got that date in my head that that's the date the baby was going to come. You know, there was no the baby's going to come early. It was just like, oh, preview two. I'll take some notes on the show, and we'll go over them in our preview rehearsal the next day, because we still get a few of those rehearsal hours. And the night before this happened, um, which on that day was the first day we all went to our production meeting and see the set at the theater, Eric came in at the end of rehearsal Just kind of casually and said, hey, do you guys have a plan for when this baby's coming? What's going on? And we all said, Eric, oh my gosh, the baby's not going to come early. The baby's not coming during tech. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and then we went on our merry little way, and we went to the up to the Bruns. We saw the set. Victor and I had a really relaxed conversation about what we were gonna work on that day. I told him he had to work on the dagger and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow's speech, the most famous speeches in Macbeth for those who know. And we got back with our coffees to the rehearsal room, and uh, the baby, the the baby was coming. Um, and Victor said bye. And I came up to Eric's office during a break, and he said, what's the plan? And (laughs) um, so we kind of went into this joyful, strange, weird plan that we made up to sort of co-direct this tech, and uh, Eric had worked with a lot of the designers before so Eric was kind of up in the sort of designer lane that I call it up in the theater where they were at their tables and I was with the actors and we were passing around the mic and running back and forth and you know he'd get an idea and check in with me um, and I, I think the really interesting and crazy experience of it all is that I have my own um, my own knowledge and my own tendencies and my own artistic vision, right? But I really felt the need to be an advocate and a and a defender of Victor's vision in Victor's absence. So then it would be like, Lana, is this something that Victor would want? Is this, you know, is this right? Is this going in the right direction? And we'd be kind of just going back and forth. No, 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 it's more like this over here. And then of course you know for those of you who know or don't know there you only can do so much in the rehearsal rooms there are a lot of things that just have to get solved once you get there so we were just kind of putting our brains and imaginations together trying to figure out you know where our bodies are going to go and how much blood is too much blood and how's this person going to get off stage and and still working out some story moments of you know what does is, what is this really mean here what kind of story are we telling and it was it was a very strange and, and hilarious and, and stressful experience you know going from just being eric's assistant to eric and i you know really feeling like we were coming together and teaming up to get this uh show in a place that by you know the sunday of tech would be in a place that victor could really come in and respond to it and and mold a base level of of a story to make sure that it was what he really wanted. And then I'm talking to Victor on the phone from the hospital and I'm like, okay, so I did this. Does this feel right? And, and Victor was just always very, very supportive. Like, you know what you're doing. You guys have got it. And we were all like, okay, great. See you soon. Um, So it was just, you know, a wild, but you know, in the world of the theater, you just make it work and you tell the story and you take the things that we know and try to make them as as specific and interesting as possible and then adapt to what Victor wants to do when he comes in and it's it's just a real adjust make it work kind of moment that tests all the skills and experience and flexibility that you have
0: anything else that we should know about Macbeth the last few people that are seeing it this week and anybody who's already seen it
1: I think we will have done our job in this production of Macbeth if you are able to, while watching it or after leaving, able to examine your own sense of self, your own sense of morality, your own sense of monstrosity or ambition or or what that means to you and how you relate to other people in the rest of the world and, and not what you've actually done but what you could even imagine doing because I think the the truth of that sense of humanity and the things we dream and the things we desire and love and lose are all very present in a play like Macbeth that you know has stood the test of time as being arguably one of the most popular Shakespeare play and and is you will see Cal Shake's audiences and all of our student matinee audiences and people seeing it for the millionth time like me or the first time. Are, are going to hopefully examine a deeper sense of self and the choices we make.
0: Thank you, Lana. And so people who want to follow your work, where can they find you online?
1: Good question. Um, www. Dot, what is my website? Lana R Russell. Dot com. Lana R. Russell. That's two hours in the middle. Um, but also all the things. Lana Russell on Facebook. Lana Rosalind, which is my Shakespearean middle family name on, on Instagram. Um, I'd love to be in touch with you. I'm going to be in the Bay Area for a few months and wanting to make art and see your art and be a part of this Bay Area theater community. So uh, I'd love to connect with you.
0: Thank you. You can buy tickets to the last few performances of Macbeth at calshakes.org.